State of Rage podcast hosted by Cedric Nettles streaming this spring on the Exposure Podcast community. Hold on to your bravery and embrace your ability to overcome any doubts. Listen to expert guests and motivational certified coaches helping listeners to break cycles and turn a new chapter. This show is sponsored by Speak Live Nation, Exposure Magazine, and Exposure TV, Network App. The app is downloadable on Roku, Amazon Fire Stick, Apple TV, and all mobile devices. Check your smart TV and smartphone app store for Exposure TV Network. Exposure Media Group is a sustainable community managed by thought leaders leading the way in urban media. Welcome to the State of Rage podcast. Um, I'm your host, Cedric Meadows, and I am so grateful for you guys for checking in and the support that we got on our podcast. Thank you so much. And I just want to talk about Black Wall Street. Uh, I'm just covering uh, Black Wall Street with Exposure TV Network and Exposure Magazine. And boy, oh boy, the things I've saw and the things I've learned just being there, very enlightening. And uh, in case you don't know, which I would not be surprised if you didn't know, uh, there was a Wall Street, Black Wall Street is uh, based in the Greenwood area district of Tulsa, Oklahoma. And because of an unfortunate uh, accusation of a young man, black young man in a yellow video, uh, with a white young lady, all hell broke loose, and it was an excuse to kill uh, many, many people in a neighborhood that was bustling with business, and quite frankly, was a threat to the surrounding areas, areas because of the commerce that was going on. There's a lot of envy, a lot of spitefulness, a lot of evilness that got that, these that people um, running for their lives, or unfortunately, murder on site and we learned about that area so with that said i want to talk about my visit there and figure in what i saw what i experienced first off the people there um the people they were friendly for the most part uh, i stayed in a pretty pretty nice hotel a lot of fluent people were in that hotel and you can see it, it's the awkwardness. If they were not black, you can sense the awkwardness. And so the, but people could not look you in the eye if he was African-American. And I don't know what it was, it was a hostility. It was like, a, I don't know. It's up to acknowledge, I do know something, but I don't know what to say to you. And I'm not gonna talk about it. And I'm not, I'm gonna just go on with my life. And I don't care what you think about it. I don't I know it's nothing personal, but I'm indifferent when it comes to you because I know why you're in the city. It's also a beautiful city. Different from what I experienced. It's a pretty bustling city with University of Tulsa, and then they had an um, off-site campus from Oklahoma State there. So it's a good sized city, beautiful, clean, and it has a feel of a ghost town. It's a really unique city because a city that's that size would, would expect traffic to be bumper to bumper, but it's eerily empty. I don't know. So you know, it's like a cloud that keeps a somberness over that city. It's it's really different. 
Um, I guess I want to talk about my experience with the Uber drivers that were very good about getting me where I need to go safely. Thank God, I'm doing okay. Um, I've had many different backgrounds, different demographics I spoke to, and they honestly did not know that the Black Wall Street race massacre happened. Now, I've talked to black men that was in their 50s. They had no idea that happened. And that was just incredible to hear. And they talked about how their grandparents would not talk about it. And that's a recurring theme about the about city, the people in it. Older generations know something, but they don't talk about it. Really different. So the question is, what what would keep people quiet in a city that size for multiple generations? What power that's hovering over that city that will keep them from talking? And you keep asking yourself that question over and over again. What kept these people from talking? But it happened. By Wall Street, um, going into the event, um, it was very, very exciting. It was exciting in the air. It had a very, very much a carnival, state fair type feel to it. Walk in, you know, through, if they have it at the same place next year, which I'll show you they will, I'll be going to that later. First thing you experience is just acres of barbecue, food, smoke that's in the air. And vendors and t-shirt vendors and calendar makers and jewelry makers and all types of stuff. And then they kept it affordable because they want to be sure you benefit from the product and then and they just you can't help but support them because they made it affordable and palatable to do business and developing relationships. Just amazing experience. I was just so much to say about it. Music everywhere. Uh, young people just out there performing. And um, unlike anything I've experienced, it's one of the best times I've had of all time anywhere. Outside of um, LA and New York, it's very, very, very much um, a great situation. Uh, for the first time, I experienced the Black Panther Party. Uh, I was doing, I was filming an interview uh, with uh, my guys from Hold the Line, with the spokesperson of the Black, Party, Black Panther Party. And I could tell you from what I saw, they, they don't play games. They're very, very security minded. Uh, they were armed. Um, that's what I can describe them. They're, they're in a security type posture. I've served, served in the military. I understand what they're doing. They set perimeters and they got people watching. If you come anywhere near the leadership, they're watching. And I was right beside them. I had to be um, very wary that my, both of my hands were not showing. And I had my bag on at my feet, trying to film. So I had to be sure I put my hand on both, both hands on my camera bracket. So they saw that, hey, I pose no threat. And it's weird. I had to get into a to military mode because I know what they were doing. And there's a guy that poses himself to my left that was watching me. 
I'm not crazy. I've done this before. I did. I pulled security myself. I know what I was looking at. And I was like, wow, that's quite an experience. And you can see in those eyes, you see people. Look at a man's eyes that that would depend on himself and his people at all costs. Um, that's what I felt for Black Panther Party. And that in itself was an experience. Um, in a situation where they were demonstrating outside and it was calling out the uh, police chief to come out. So um, black female, she came out, talked to them, just confronting each other. There's a little, little jawing going on, a uh, little posturing. And then later on, as they left, the, the police came and right here. And I was in the middle, in the thick of that. The not arguing, but the, just the conversation. I'm going to put it that way. That was something to see. You see it on TV, once you're there, it's like a different it's energy. The energy is real there. Um, the other part that people don't talk about, well, people do talk about it, but I'm going to talk about it, is the watching white Americans come in there wearing black Wall Street t-shirts and all the cheering. And you saw them coming in since you're bringing our kids and strollers and stuff. White Americans, Native Americans, Asian, Latino, and they're coming in there seeing what's going on. And I, I, I'm just whole, well, I'm confident that they saw a side of black culture they probably would not expect. And I expected it to a degree, but the fun I had there, I wasn't expecting. And you can see the energy of Black, white, Latino, just enjoying the music, just enjoying the food, enjoying shopping and networking. And granted, that was like Wall Street all day, but it was cool seeing white Americans coming in that situation and just looking and find out what happened and learning and what's going on. We had a gentleman that was in the film festival, white gentleman, and he said he did not agree with the posturing of the Black Panther Party. And I'm glad we gave him that man a voice to speak his mind. So, so he can get an understanding where we're coming from as black Americans and our plight. That's what it's all about. And I can tell you they did that event correctly. Amazing experience. Now the other side of this, and if you don't believe that reparations should be paid, because you're going to hear that. Be prepared for that. Don't get too angry with that. Gotta understand something. They have plenty of problems with uh, calling it Kaepernick, kneeling for the national anthem and protests of black, I mean, black people getting killed by the police or, or police brutality. But had no problem with, these same people don't have any problem with people storming the Capitol. None. And you're going to hear that from people that's going to try to twist the narrative of this event to make it look like that black folks are being greedy asking for reparations. But you can't say that you can't keep bringing us together and singing a national anthem under the flag when deep down you don't want the laws and stuff applying to us equally. equally. And I heard TDJ say this a long time ago. Um, he was unrelated, it's about seven years ago, he, and it kind of fits that when the ideals of a situation become more important than the people under those ideals, 
that is the problem. And the same thing with college, college happening. When the very white and blue flag and ideals and the romanticism of the United States being the, the all-around good, good guys, you put the question and you got to defend that ideal at all costs at the expense of color capital not able to protest what's actually going on without him being grilled on it. That's a problem. So the flag becomes more important than the people under it. And you're going to see that mentality with Black Wall Street. It's, we have to be wary that they're going to try to downplay what happened. It's a very positive event. And I can promise you, they're going to come back. They're going to come back with that event. I promise you. There was too much positive energy going on, too much commerce, too much education, too much networking, uh, too much future building and dream building for not for that not to happen. So from here, I'm gonna tell you right now, pack your bags. If you plan on going, go ahead and pack. Get your hotel reservations in mind when you want to go because you better start planning because they're gonna bring that back. It was just too good of a situation that I observed and my compadres on uh, with the uh, TV network, publicist Tim Lawrence, um, Kevin Darrell, um, other gentlemen, um, Dr. Seal, um, other gentlemen um, that was with us. I'm sorry, I forget his name. I just met him. Um, that we saw so much goodness there for not for not to be there in the first place and not be built upon. Best, best scene, you want to know the best scene? At the end of the walkway where we, they had the film festival, um, while they have a concert with black and white people just jamming, just such talented musicians. And right beside that stage, they're working on the arts building. Real time, yeah, construction work, jamming to the music building. That was powerful to hear that. That was worth everything going there just to see that. Um, I want to emphasize there's a museum there that you need to see to it. Um, it's a brilliant concept that that gentleman did. We met him, met with him. Um, he said he built that. He did a tremendous job. One side of the museum has the start of Black Americans in this country, the slavery, and it has all type of memorabilia and pictures, a lot of pictures and stuff which you, that you can quite imagine. Uh, I, I think I saw my I saw my first KKK hood there. That's part of the memorabilia, and it goes all the way down the hall showing the progression of Black people in this country. And at the end, you see uh, Barack Obama. Um, you, see, you see Beyonce, you know, representing the entertainment side, alongside the other entertainers that progressed up through the years. That was cool to see. I recommend you go there. You'll you'll like what you see there. And to keep it one ten. They're going to have some haters on us. But if there's any good and any value that speaks truth to power, you are going to have them. So pack your bags in next year because well, whenever you decide to go, just keep your eyes out. They're going to bring that back. It's just too good of an event. Love in the air, positive energy. It's just all there. It's the whole package. And I love every minute. I didn't want to go home. <laughs> I did not want to. I'd rather get on that plane to leave also. I love, love the energy was there. Love the food, the whole vibe of everything. So that's it in a nutshell.
So this is my state of rage moments. Rage has a passion and fury for what I do, not anger and animosity. And thank you for listening to this podcast once again. Um, this has been brought to you by Speak Live Nation channel on the Exposure TV Network. And until later, have a great one. God bless. State of Rage podcast hosted by Cedric Nettles streaming this spring on the Exposure Podcast community. Hold on to your bravery and embrace your ability to overcome any doubts. Listen to expert guests and motivational certified coaches helping listeners to break cycles and turn a new chapter. This show is sponsored by Speak Live Nation, Exposure Magazine, and Exposure TV Network app. The app is downloadable on Roku, Amazon Fire Stick, Apple TV, and all mobile devices. Check your smart TV and smartphone app store for Exposure TV Network. Exposure Media Group is a sustainable community managed by thought leaders leading the way in urban media.